0: Welcome back to another installment of To Honesty and Comeuppance, an Attack on Titan fanfiction written by yours truly, Tolstoy Ackerman. You can find this fanfiction either by going to the website on my profile, which will take you to all of my works hosted on AO3, or you can go directly to AO3 and search either my author name, Tolstoy Ackerman, two words, or the title of this fic, To Honesty and Comeuppance. Standard disclaimer, I do not own Attack on Titan. I only own the original characters here within, and this is entirely non-for-profit. Thanks again for coming back to another chapter. This will be the final chapter that encompasses Season 1 events. And just a little heads up about this. So I live in Japan, and I'm a Japanese-English translator, and I've been here for quite a few years now. And I kind of quit reading things that were in English... Um, (laughs) it's really weird, you know, English is my native language and all, but it's funny. I spend about 90% of my day surrounded by Japanese, and then I come home and I write in English and I chat with people in English, but that's about it. So I actually sat down and read a book in English for the first time in a very long time, over a year. And I realized I had forgotten so many words in English, my, my native language, and also my bachelor's degree is also english so you know doubly embarrassing there i kind of changed my writing style a little bit starting with this chapter you so if you notice sort of a bit of a shift that's why uh, i read a book <laughs> so yeah anyways enough blabbering um i hope you enjoy this next chapter let's get into it without further ado let's get into chapter 18 Chapter 18. Strike-throughs in the Ledger This was only the second time Himmel had returned to the Survey Corps barracks after a mission, and there was a marked difference between them. The first time, after the Titan Forest and their failed attempt to capture the female, there had been a sort of practiced chaos. The soldiers all dashed to and fro, like blades of long grass caught in a windstorm, buffeting every which way, but always rooted in their earthen routines. But this time, everyone was behaving like leaves ripped off trees before they were ready. They blew all over the halls and grounds in a frenzy, unsure of where they should land. Well before they were within sight of the barracks, Levi pushed her hand off his waist and resumed hiding his limp. Himmel rolled her eyes at his stubbornness, but also quietly wondered just how bad his pain was. Her arm, like the rest of her entire body, was covered in the detritus of two deaths, caked an odd grayish-red from where she had crashed through that building, and the brick dust had greedily sopped up what slick blood that covered her. She couldn't recall a time in recent memory that she had looked this ghoulish, and she was startled that Levi had allowed her to touch him for any reason. Had he worried about her? Of course he did. Worrying was his occupation by default, but he was good at strangling those voices swiftly, because concern could turn into a dangerous distraction in an instant. Captain Levi, who— Get back to your duties, Levi snapped. A straggler from today's mission. Under the handkerchief that concealed her unchanging smile, Himmel chewed on her lip as anxiety spiraled down into her gut. Its dizzying intensity rose with each set of eyes that took her in, and already she could hear the whispers that leaked out of their gazes and filled the dry twilight air. Is that her blood? Wait, is that Himmel? The one they thought got blown to bits? She's someone that went berserk on all those titans at Trost. She should have died. How is she here? What is she? Must be a monster. Himmel ached for the anonymity of the dark undercity streets, where people wisely averted their gaze from someone with blood on their clothes, where she could slink into one of hundreds of hovels and safe houses to shed this skin in privacy, where people would recognize her and know that, yes, she was a monster but she tried to be good. She kept her big green eyes placid and warm because, like Levi, she was not in the habit of airing her insecurities. Her stride was strong and confident beside his, and for a moment she felt vaguely amused that they were both putting on the same front for entirely different reasons. Inside the barracks Levi led her to Himmel's mounting chagrin towards the infirmary on the first floor. Levi, she hissed, I don't want a doctor looking at me. It's protocol for all soldiers to be examined upon return, and people witnessed you get caught up in the blast. Tell them they were mistaken, then, she said, a little bit of her hysteria leaking into her voice. Levi gave her a hard, cold look. There's no getting out of this. Just hurry it up and get it over with. You should be good at coming up with excuses by now. Generally, Himmel just chose to flee the scene quick enough that no one could find her to ask, and the rare few who managed to find her and ask never asked another question again. There were some injured soldiers laid out in cots and attended by nurses, but all of the men had returned to the barracks long before Himmel did, and there was only one doctor still on duty. He looked up from some paperwork, and his bushy white eyebrows shot up in alarm as he took her in. My God, how are you standing? he cried. I'm fine, Himmel grated, radiating as much take-my-word-for-it-and-fuck-off energy as she could muster in her tiny frame. It's not my blood. What about the bits of bone and... Is that brain on your... Is that the one? The one that can turn into a titan from the new group? No. That was a guy, and this is obviously a woman. Didn't they say she was dead? How can she be covered in all that death and be so at ease? Monster. Perhaps Levi could hear the susurrus of eyes in the room just as well as Himmel could, because he said to the doctor, No more talk until we're in an officer's room. The doctor didn't react for a moment, as though it took time to pick out Levi's orders from all the unsaid words in the room. Levi's imperious look and Himmel's murderous one helped to spur his cognition, however, because he leapt to his feet and beckoned them into a little examination room to the side of the hall. Himmel stomped in and stood there, refusing to sit on the cot and ruin it, or be forthcoming in any way. Name, and what happened to you? Himmel's white. I got knocked out from the blast of the female titan transforming. She was rather proud of this story, because it technically wasn't a lie. Initial reports said that you were holding her before you transformed. You should have died. Well, I didn't. Himmel glowered at him, daring him to question her further. But it seemed that her practiced intimidation didn't work on this doctor, who had likely treated more belligerent and battle-weary soldiers than she could count. He said simply, Undress. She balked. I told you it's not my blood. I'm fine. You saw me walk in here just fine. Rules are rules. Undress. Fuck your rules, you old sack of— Mel, Levi said sharply. Do as he says. Himmel dragged the tip of her tongue against the backs of her teeth and took in a seething hiss of air. This was normally the part where she drew one of her swords at her hips or where she'd get creative and grab a scalpel that was sitting on a tray beside the examination table. Not for the first time, she berated herself for leaping at the chance to join Levi's world again without duly considering just how difficult his world was. The Undercity was gritty and exhausting, and death was around every corner, but, despite it being a cage beneath humanity, she had enjoyed infinitely more freedom there than she did here. Himmel threw off her ODM gear, let it clatter to the ground with a horrible ruckus that made the doctor flinch. She removed the cape Levi had loaned her, and then began peeling the layers of her uniform off. Everything stuck to everything the blood and goo serving as a paste that bound each article to her like second, third, and fourth skins. Dismayed, she saw the deep maroon blossoms in her bra, and it was clear to her that this blood had come from the inside of her bra, and not from the outside. She wondered just how observant this doctor was, and if he would pick up on this troublesome detail. But perhaps that didn't matter, because he grew distinctly green when fragments of bone, like shards of glass, rained down after she managed to strip her uniform blouse off, along with fingernail-sized bits of things that should have been inside her body still. Truly, being crushed to death was an exceptionally unpleasant way to go. It was over so quick the pain couldn't register, which was a plus, but it was messier even than a slit throat or plain old disembowelment. Himmel imagined getting smashed into oblivion like a mosquito would remain high on her list of my least favorite ways to die. How? The doctor began, and then trailed off. He was staring at her hard, trying to see her body, but it was clear by the tremble in his hands that he was seeing everything other than her body. How could she have that much detritus on the inside of her uniform? The other twenty soldiers were burnt to death at fifteen paces from the first transformation. How, 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 how? I told you. I just got thrown back by the explosion, Himmel said, a little more gently than before. I just need a shower, sleep on a decent mattress, and I'll be fine. She's telling the truth, Levi said. His expression and tone were painstakingly blank. You satisfied? Uh... Yeah. The doctor's words were sticky. His eyes were drawn to the scraps of her impossibilities that littered the ground between them. Himmel wished she could scoop them all up and cram them back inside her, absorb them into the creases of her flesh, and seal them away from everyone. Himmel had never put her uniform on quicker, despite its stiffness. She was still buttoning her shirt when Levi opened the door and stalked out, and she was all too happy that he had taken pity on her. As she followed him through the halls that she was still unfamiliar with, the anxiety began to curdle into self-loathing low in her gut. Those that passed them appeared stricken by her grisliness, some audibly gasped, and not a single one of them had the courage to speak. She wanted to ask Levi where he was taking her next, but she thought she might vomit if she opened her mouth. It wasn't long before they came to a set of double doors that he cracked open to peer inside, before ushering her in brusquely. They were in a small shower room, much smaller than the one she had used after Trost. Only six shower heads were on the walls, three on either side of the far end of the room. Immediately before them were a couple benches, baskets, and rather nice toiletries that she didn't recall seeing in Trost. I'll be back. Lock the door in the meantime. That seemed a strange order, but right now Himmel didn't want to be seen by anyone, not even him, so she didn't argue. The moment the door clicked shut, she rammed a sword through both door handles and gathered the solitude of this room to her. Jagged shards of her own bones scratched against her legs and arms and chest. Soft pieces of her squished and stuck and suffocated her. She wanted to rip up these clothes and burn them. She wanted to skin herself and burn her flesh, too. She wanted to be clean of this curse. It wasn't that Himmel was unhappy that she was alive. Being alive meant she could continue being youthful. Being alive meant that she could keep seeing Levi, and these were the two things she wanted most to do. Also, she was very aware that all of these extra chances, all of these do-overs that only she had for reasons she didn't understand, should be valued. She did value them. But they came at the price of knowing that she wasn't human, and that she had received a seemingly infinite amount of lives, even though she had never done anything to merit them, and there were so many more people that would have used them better. She looked down at her hands, at the ashen maroon they were stained, and the even darker lines on her palms like tributaries that all ran together into great rivers of undeserved grace. With these hands, she had cleaved Annie out of the female titan. With these hands, she had nearly succeeded. And with them, she had failed. The realization exploded into a furious thunderhead that towered over the quivering meadows of her heart. It roiled and curled in her gut like the clouds churned before the cyclone descended, chilling the air inside her and making her acutely aware of herself. She thought that she could feel each individual follicle of hair on her body rise in indignation. Her mouth was sucked dry by the intensity of her impotence, and she was clenching those sullied hands of hers so tightly that her neatly trimmed nails still managed to dig into her flesh like little bites of lightning. What was the point of having this fucking curse if she couldn't affect any change with it? She didn't want it to remain just a curse. Even if it blighted her and her relationships with people, she would accept that if she was able to do something with it that could keep people safe. Civilians had died. The Wallace Church and countless buildings had been crushed by the two rampaging titans because Himmel had fucked up. Himmel wondered how Undercity Stohess had fared as well. "'No one ever thought about them until it was too late. "'Would she be able to sneak out and check on them tonight?' "'From the moment he had found her, "'Levi had that stormy look in his eyes that told her "'he wasn't letting her out of his sight unless he could help it, "'so she would probably have to trust in Nathaniel and the others to handle it. "'God... Levi had seen her. "'Had seen her corpse. "'Was he okay?' The rage that had billowed so suddenly quieted into heavy sheets of grey guilt, as she remembered vividly how she had nearly repaid his kindness by killing him. All because, in the haze of rebirth, she had forgotten where she was, when she was. Another completely unforgivable fuck-up to add to today's list. He said he'd be back. In a flash, she remembered that on top of her skin was all of the things that Levi hated, all of the things that made her monstrosity plain to see, and she rushed to scrape off all of her gear and uniform, and to dash to the nearest shower head. She threw the faucet on, and gave a little gasp of surprise, when the cold water pounded down on her with surprising force, and then the biting cold shifted into warmth, and then heat, that seeped through the shell of death that encased her, and warmed her new bones. Hot water. Unlimited hot water. Not rags dipped into kettles, or pots warmed over fires. An actual shower, that would leave her sore muscles relaxed and her body pliable. She knew that such luxuries existed within the homes of the well-to-do, but she had never had the chance to partake. Were it any other day, she would have indulged. But it wouldn't be right to allow herself a treat on this day that was shadowed by death and pain that she was largely responsible for. Besides, she wanted to have every last sign of her disgrace washed away before he got back. She tackled her long curls first— The blood and innards that had been squeezed and popped out of her had turned her hair into mats, so she wet them down before running her fingers through them swiftly, tugging sharply on the snarls and the bits of her that were trapped in them. The water was nearly the color of wine as it trickled down the drain, and likely wouldn't fade for some time. She tried not to focus on the things that were accumulating, too big to slip through the small grate. Right about when she was thinking about cutting off all of her hair instead of fighting it, there came five sharp raps at the door, in a particular rhythm. Himmel swore she was nowhere near done, and if she walked to the door she'd leave a murder scene the way there and back. Levi wouldn't be kept waiting, though, so she turned off the water, grabbed her ruined uniform, put it under her feet, and did what was an incredibly humiliating but rather impressive shimmy atop it to the door. When she slid her sword out of the handle and opened the door for him, he darted in quickly and put the sword back, ensuring that they wouldn't be interrupted. In his arms was a wicker basket, and on his face was a foul look as he looked at her dripping all over the jacket she stood upon. Himmel withered under his gaze. She hadn't been able to get it all off her. She hadn't even finished with her hair, and now he had to look at all of these filthy, disgusting things that he didn't want to see. No wonder he was so mad at her. I told you to wait, he said. Her eyes shot wide. This wasn't the rebuke she expected. Why wouldn't I get myself cleaned up as soon as possible? How are you going to get all that shit out of your hair without this? He held up a fine-toothed comb, the kind they use to check for knits. Himmel snapped her mouth shut, dumbly. When she tore herself away from his stern yet riveting face to examine the contents of the basket more closely, She was surprised to see changes of clothes for the both of them, along with an array of soaps and abrasive cloths. Go on, we don't have all night, Levi said. Well, now she was in a bit of an embarrassing situation. Either she could pick up her gross jacket and walk back to the showers, dripping all manner of unacceptable things across the floors, or she could lose all of her dignity in front of him. Little escaped his sharp eyes. He had noticed her predicament. On a night when the world wasn't folding in on itself, and she wasn't some dreaded wraith from a nightmare, he probably would have forced her into shaming herself for his own amusement. But it wasn't the time for that, and they both knew it. He walked further into the room, sat down on one of the benches, and began undressing. This allowed Himmel to make her stupid shuffle on the jacket back to the shower area. She got two stools and put them under adjacent shower heads, and held her hand out for the comb. I swear, you do everything wrong, Levi muttered. She looked over to throw him a full glare and some sharp words, but any comeback she had got lost when she took in his nude form and swallowed down the sudden burn of longing. She didn't think she'd ever get tired of looking at him. Again, she reminded herself that it wasn't appropriate now, and forced herself to be moderately respectful. Well, maybe if you actually told me what you wanted me to do, I would do it. He gave a soft snort as he gestured with one hand to the stool she had put at the next shower. And, a little confused, she pulled the stool closer and behind her. Surely he wasn't intending to do what they used to. Not when she was like this. I can do it myself, she said hastily. You don't have to. Unless you also have a set of eyes in the back of your head that you've been hiding from me all these years, I do have to do this, Levi said, easing himself into the stool behind her. Get the water running. She hesitated. Long ago, when they were children, he had been obsessed with her hair, with keeping it clean, specifically. It was so long, and there was so very much of it, and when fleas and lice and all manner of vermin and uncleanliness were rampant, it was a valid cause for concern. They had screamed at each other when he demanded she cut her hair into something more manageable, and she had refused, and the only compromise they could make was that he would get to go through her hair any time he wanted. Of course, she always kept the long curls tied up when they were doing jobs or anything that could get them dirty, and her hair generally took care of itself. But they had passed many a lazy morning with him running his fingers through her hair, checking for anything that should not be there. She never did get lice or fleas, and at some point Levi had probably realized it was safe, but it had become one of the very few constants that they had in that fragile, turbulent world. They had stopped doing that at some point, when suddenly they realized they were no longer children, or rather, their bodies realized that they were no longer children, and the other's touch became fiery and befuddling. But Himmel had thought of his fingers dancing through her hair many a time since then. Sometimes, she'd even try running her fingers across her scalp the same way he had, but her calluses didn't match his, and it was stupid. So, when he had insisted on touching her hair that night in Trast. And even when he had cut all of it off the first day with the special operations team, secretly, she had been fit to burst with joy, to have that one silly little habit back in some semblance. But today was different. She did have things in her hair, things that made knits or fleas or rat droppings a pleasant surprise by comparison. Looking at it, touching it, teasing it out of all the matted burrs would be a brief purgatory for him, and she knew it. No, she said. Turning around to face him, this is my mess to clean. Levi looked surprised for a moment, but his brows quickly sank into a glare. When you shared this with me, it became my burden to bear as well. Now turn on the water and let me work. It's going to take way longer than usual this time. I don't want it to be your burden, she said. That's why I never wanted to tell you about it. There had been other reasons, the biggest one being that he would surely think she was a monster, but the second biggest was that he would do what he always did. Try to lessen the load. Unfortunately, there was no way to split this curse evenly with someone else. Himmel would always be carrying a feather, while he carried the angry vulture. She could die any number of gruesome ways. She could be one heartbeat away from the end, and still come back. She could feel whatever pain was involved with the injuries, sure. But that and the exhaustion and whatever other nasty consequences lay waiting for her in the future were the only tolls that she had to pay. But he, He would have to see her broken, mangled body. He would have to tame the stampede of panic each time she fell. He would have to quell the tremors in his hands as he poised with the dagger over her heart, deliriously asking himself, What if it doesn't work and it's me that kills her? What if her blood will be on my hands? And when it did work, and she took a gasp of air and returned to him, he would have to grapple with the fact that she had been a cold corpse moments ago. Was there still a part of her that was dead, even now? Were there milky, hazed eyes, hiding under those bright green irises, looking not at him, but through him, into all the dark corners where he locked away everything he wished to drown? If he leaned in close enough, could he smell the sweet smell of decay on her, even as she breathed and laughed? Every time she died, she would gain a new life, and he would gain a new ghost to haunt him. This was the burden of complicity, and she wouldn't wish it on someone she hated, let alone someone as precious to her as Levi. You think I can't handle it? Levi asked quietly. The angry glare from before was gone, and those dark eyes of his were sharp like the summer night skies as he leveled her with the full weight of his will. When I found you today, you were almost indistinguishable. I knew who you were because of the bandanas and the swords. And for a moment, I forgot what you had shown me, I forgot that I had come there to bring you back, and everything slowed down around me, and I thought you were gone. Pimmel's breath was strangled in her throat. Everything she had feared had come to pass today, and it was entirely her fault. She opened her mouth to apologize, but he continued speaking before she could get a word out. But then the moment passed, and I remembered what you showed me. I remembered I had come there to bring you back, and I knew that all I had to do was press a knife into your chest and you'd come back to me perfectly fine. And you did. Everything was fine. I almost killed you, Himmel said, scrambling to find things to make him lose the determination that was settling like mortar in his voice and in his heart. Yeah, that was pretty fucking rude. Don't do that next time, Levi said. How can you be so okay with this? It's... I'm... A monster? He supplied. His words were whips that drew all the air out of her body and left her quivering and cold. Mel, the monster is the one who did this to you today, he said, and there was a gentle edge in his voice. Levi was the only person she knew whose softest words were the sharpest. They were blades that sliced straight through her bones into the marrow, shattering into all the dark parts of her that needed the light so desperately. And now that he had cracked open one of those dark pockets for her and let it breathe and unfurl, she found that she had the courage to say one of the thoughts she had kept hidden for thirty years. To me, a monster is someone who doesn't have to suffer when others do. He reached out and touched her face, still damp and sticky, with droplets of water and blood and brick dust. He felt so warm, so calm, so sure, and Himmel leaned into the caress to greedily soak up everything she lacked. His next words were so soft, she swore she could feel her skin splitting beneath his touch as he spoke. You've suffered in your own ways, in your own times, where few others did. It's okay. Despite herself, a soft hum of melancholy laughter climbed up her chest. It wasn't okay. (laughs) And that was why it was okay. Himmel had once again only been thinking of the now of everything. How many people had suffered today when she hadn't suffered anything other than bruised pride and a ruined uniform? How much had she damaged Levi by forcing him into seeing what she really was? But then, she had suffered on days when those people hadn't. And after they were gone, she would still have the chance to suffer. There was time still for her to make it up to everyone who had paid higher prices than her. This definitely wasn't the hope that he had intended her to draw from his words, She had twisted them into a shape that was easier for her to digest, but he didn't need to know that. Levi must have seen the change, must have felt the restless need to work, 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 be useful, be helpful, make up for staying alive when others didn't, make it all count, ease out of her like steam to leave her clear and placid. His dark eyes grew tender for a flash, and then he said, now get that water running. It was easier to obey this time. The hot water rained down upon the both of them and Levi began working on teasing out all of the knots from her hair with a brush first, always holding the locks in his fist so that she wouldn't feel the yanks and tugs necessary. We could cut it, Himmel said. No, you should keep it long. I was wrong to have cut it. Himmel had been scrubbing at her arms and she slowed as she took in his words. It wasn't that he hadn't liked her with short hair. He had merely realized that she would inevitably use this again and because her hair always grew to her waist, it was a liability to cut her hair and make it easier for outsiders to realize what she was doing. She continued washing her body with the soap and claws that he had brought, scouring every inch and nook and crease that there was. A part of her wanted to talk with Levi and fill the silence of the room, but she couldn't think of anything. I told Erwin to come here. I thought this would be the best place to show him. She jumped at his words, and heat rose in her cheeks. Whether Commander Erwin saw her undressed didn't matter to her. There would be absolutely nothing sexual about what she was going to do with her body in front of him anyways. No, what made her temperature rise was the nervousness that another person was going to know. And this person was vastly different from Levi. Himmel had no idea who Erwin actually was, other than the commander of the Survey Corps, with a heart of iron. From the moment she had learned Levi had joined the Survey Corps, Himmel had begun collecting a steady stream of intel on the organization. It would probably seem obsessive to others, but she already had information pouring into her ears about all other areas of the Undercity and most areas of Upside. The only place she didn't have informants was the military, so it made sense to extend her web of knowledge there as well. She learned all of the missions that they were going on, all of the officers' names and their organization, and she learned a good deal about Commander Erwin. However, she had only been able to learn about what Erwin did— not what he actually thought behind those orders and decisions. Therefore, she had absolutely no idea how he would react to learning her secret tonight. When is he coming? she asked. I told him to give us an hour to get you cleaned up first. She nodded. And what do you think he'll think? It's hard to tell what that bastard's got on his mind. That didn't fill her with confidence. All of Erwin's possible reactions simmered in her mind under the hot water, and even having Levi's fingers in her hair as he finally began shampooing her scalp did not ease her racing thoughts. They were running so fast that they burned her like hot ODM gear wires, and she thought she might go mad, so finally she spoke. How do you want to show it to him? Levi was quiet for a moment, as he considered. I'll slit your throat in front of him. All of those little scenarios and fears crashed into one another and spluttered and died as the heat drained from her. It was a burden enough for Levi to bring her back, but if he were the one to kill her, he'd be holding an entire wake of hissing, screeching vultures while she'd have one lone, weightless feather clutched in a fist. He must have seen her entire body lock up because he said, I can do it. You'll come back to me. I'll do it myself, she said. Mel. It's important to me that I do it once. Even after I watched you do it, and even after I brought you back earlier today, there's still this little voice in my head telling me it's all impossible. But if I do it from start to finish, I can kill that voice. He leaned her forward so he could rinse the suds out of her curls, and the warm water dripped down her face and forced her to close her eyes. In the warm darkness behind her eyelids, Himmel wished hard enough to break bones that she hadn't shown him this. She reached behind her to rest a hand on his forearm, and she squeezed it tightly, causing him to stop running his hands through her curls. "'If it makes you feel better,' she whispered. Unable to see his face, the soft twitch of his fingers on her scalp was her only indication that doubt had trickled into him. "'Will it bring up bad memories if it's not you?' he asked. She drew in a long, low breath as the dark days in that little room— Tied down to the bed with a bedpan beneath her, the air cloyed with the smell of a thousand deaths fluttered in their fetters deep in her heart. You know, she said quietly, trying to keep her voice from shaking, when I'm dead, I can still hear the people around me here, so when you bring me back, can you say my name? Tell me that when I come back, I won't find myself in that room again. Levi's hands slinked out of her hair, and he looped his arms over her shoulders to pull her back against his chest. The ripples of his heartbeat met hers through their skin, and Himmel could breathe again. His lips brushed against the shell of her ear, and so softly she could barely hear him over the slap of the water on the stones, he said, You'll always come back to me, because no matter how far you go, I'll always come fetch you. Himmel wanted to wrap his words around her like a golden raiment, and never, ever take them off. But then a knock came at the door, and they pulled away from one another. Commander Erwin had arrived. And that makes the end of Chapter 18 and Season 1. Thanks again to everybody who's listened. You've made it through Season 1. Woohoo! Onwards to Season 2 with the next chapter. You may have noticed that I used more words in this chapter. <laughs> slightly bigger vocabulary, a little bit more metaphor and whatnot than I have in previous chapters. I actually prefer metaphors and stuff like this. I'm a purple prose person, what can I say? Anyways, this is the first chapter where we really delve into Himmel's emotions and feelings. And I really hesitated to get too much into her head because I didn't want to turn readers away. If readers don't like the OC... Or if it feels like it's too OC-centric rather than our canon characters that we know and love, then readers can leave. But also, I mean, it's chapter 18, you've stuck around with me for this long, so you must like her a little bit, I'm guessing. (laughs) So yeah, now we're kind of allowing ourselves to dig a bit deeper into her internal thoughts and turning her a bit more into a person. You know, I actually wrote this story because... I had a really rough year in 2020 and um, I I almost died twice and I just, I just had a lot of stuff going on kind of physically and uh, mentally and I don't know how to fix my problems um, so I just turn them into really weird metaphors and I write hundreds and hundreds of pages about them and so part of dealing with the emotions that you know, not only the emotions that Himmel goes through, but the emotions that Levi feels or Eren feels are it's just a weird way of me working through my own shit as well, so I'm sorry to subject you to it. I hope you're down with that. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, wrote the entire rough draft of this, and it was like a thousand pages, and I finished it. And I thought, okay, I'm done, you know. Uh, and then I thought, well, you know maybe maybe i should post it and so what you're seeing is actually drastically different from the rough draft the rough draft was 100% just just for me really but what i'm doing with the second draft is i'm trying to make it so that it's not just for me i i really hope that people can read the story and can find some sort of i don't know consolation or understanding or sense of, I don't know, belonging, if that makes sense, you know? I just want people to be happy, I guess. So, you know, that's why I write generally sad stories. Mm, Logic isn't quite holding up there, but you know what I mean. Anyways, thanks again. Uh, Greatly, greatly appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. I'm gonna take a break from recording. I'm probably gonna do recording on weekends I think from now on. Hopefully I'll be able to record you know several several chapters at a time and get them posted so then you can kind of binge them if you want. Like if you got a long car drive or you're just free for an afternoon you know. I think that'll be my schedule until we get caught up to The point where I'm writing. So, anyways, you know, do feel free to follow me and subscribe to me on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Head on over to AO3 and, you know, bookmark, like, kudos, leave comments, all that. Um, Currently, this fic is number three for the Levi OC pairing when sorted by comments, so I'm kind of really thrilled by that. And I just want to say thank you again to everybody because that's not me, that's you. And I love you very much for, you know, taking the time to read all this or listen to all this. Okay, I think that's all from me. Thanks a lot, you guys. Hope to get started on the recording for Season 2 very soon, so do look forward to that. And have a good day. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.